Hey, welcome to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This is uh, really our first um, digging in on the on the Alamo Bowl. Of course, we've had content throughout the week, but now uh, you know it's the it's the Saturday before Christmas. Most fans are heading out on the twenty sixth, so we really want to start focusing in on Iowa State and Washington State in the Alamo Bowl here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Chris Williams. I'll be joined by Jared Stansbury. We'll talk some Cyclones and Cougars right after this here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is brought to you by Nationwide. Did you know that Nationwide is the official insurance provider for Iowa State University alumni? They offer Cyclone alumni discounts, auto, boat, motorcycle, RV, and pet insurance. To find out more, visit nationwide.com slash Iowa State or talk to one of their agents today. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. All right, welcome back. Uh, Chris Williams and Jared Stansbury here. Uh, first of all, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. This is the... Uh, a big traveling day. So I'm sure that this will get a lot of downloads from families who are driving. So if you chose this one, instead of the podcast, you don't have to worry about this one. And, and some of the shenanigans, we will not be drinking moonshine. <laughs> None of that. None of that. No uh, drinking moonshine. And yeah. Okay. We'll, well what do you, we leave it. We'll leave it at that. Does your family, that. does your family do the cocktails on Christmas? Cause my, like my family does it. Uh, last year I made a big vat of, uh, of apple pie. It, oh, and nice. it lasted. It lasted me through like June oh. before we. Fi I finally ran out. So my family. parents don't drink it. Drink neither that, neither that do much. mine. Yeah, my yeah. dad never drinks. Uh, I what I like to do is I just like to go to like the the store and get the mixers of the holiday beers mm -hmm. and just pass them around and try them all. That that's my thing. I a lot of people. So what we used to do is we used to go to Thumbs. In Ames, yeah, on Christmas Eve, me yeah. and my my brothers-in-laws, and we might do that again this year. That's possible, but uh, now we all have kids, so that's that's changed a little. Bit. Why don't you just take the kids to Thumbs? Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. The actually, you know what? Like the older I get, the Thumbs crowd on Christmas Eve, it just makes me sad. Why <laughs> those people? Like I feel sorry for them, and I that's why. Do you think people used to feel sorry for you when you were there on Christmas Eve? But I was with people. Most people at Thumbs on oh, Christmas okay. Eve are. Are, are by, by themselves. themselves. So okay. we like would try and cheer them up. And and in reality, they're probably like, get the way, get yeah, away from me, leave asshole. Me, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I just told you that we weren't going to cuss and Jared's got to, whoops, Jared's got to swear. Give me, get away from me, butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State um, getting ready. So the Cyclones will be heading out tomorrow for the Valero Alamo Bowl. Um, Iowa State and, and Washington State. It's been a really – this is a dream matchup. And I, uh, if if the column's not out by now, it will be any day. But I, I've kind of written about this, Jared, about um, 
all joking aside about my admiration for Mike Leach and how mm-hmm. that goes back decades um, for multiple different reasons. And I, I would encourage you guys to read that again. If it's not out, it'll be out here pretty soon. But I love the coaching matchup here. Um, they're they're totally different dudes. Yeah. But I feel like Mike Leach and Matt Campbell have very similar cores. Mike Leach comes from, you know, uh, small school football, um, law degree. Um, he he kind of just ended up in this profession. Now Campbell's different in the sense that he he breathes football, right? Yeah. But he he's a D three guy. He neither one of these guys have ever had like real sexy jobs, but they've made the most. Uh, they've made it more with less. And and I know I know. So I was. I interview Matt and I, I get to hang out with Matt a little bit every Tuesday during the season. And um, when I told him about this bull, because he, the thing about Matt Campbell to give you guys who are driving home for the holidays, some real insight on this, the man, he doesn't, he doesn't read stuff on football. Yeah. He has no clue. The only thing he knows, you know, if Iowa state's sitting at seven and four and has to beat Drake, the only, he knows what his, Anybody has told him about where the he's not reading the ESPN bull projections. He doesn't do that stuff. And when I told him that, because he asked me that day, where do you think we will go? And I said, honestly, I think you're going to go to the Alamo against Leach. And he goes, that would be a dream come true. And because <laughs> that's what Leach is to most guys yeah. in this profession. They respect the hell out of somebody. I respect somebody who wins in Lubbock and Pullman, Washington. Sign me up, man. Like that is that is so impressive. And for an Iowa State fan, you have to respect that being in Ames. I think if if someone picked up Ames, Iowa and just put it in Washington, it basically would be Pullman. Yeah. Like that's basically exactly what it would that's be. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly I've never been there, but yeah. the, it's, the it's, universities are very similar. Right. They the Bush Light thing. I was on a podcast earlier this week, and I thought this guy was going to fight me because of the this Washington State guy. Why about the Bush Light thing? They're like really t- territorial about it. You know, like obviously we're really territorial about our Bush Light as well. Like they think that they they think it's their thing. That's weird. It's our thing. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, the Bush Light thing's starting to. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like ahead. it's starting to be overplayed a little bit. Uh, yeah. I I agree. I feel like you and I just need to backpedal. We need to like go f- turn full heel on Bushlight. I've thought about it actually, because there's part of me. It's like I've never been paid for. Like it's genuinely just like the type of beer yeah. I like. I can I and be now honest, every, can I say something? Honest? And now everybody's like monetizing it. It's a weird. Deal. I was gonna say, can I be honest about something? Yeah, I'm annoyed by the way Iowa State's like playing <laughs> into it now. You're not the only. I've heard a lot of people say that. A lot of people have reached out. That's to me. that's where it's like, oh, okay, now we're N- well, yeah. Now, now you it, guys want uh, the, the yeah. we've tried, yeah, we've tried, and they would never do it, yeah. And now all of a sudden, now it's like it gets some, right. All of a sudden, it gets kind of trendy, and yeah. we're like, okay, now we're all and, in on and it. And now their marketing's just going crazy with this, thing. yeah, yeah. And the Alamo, everybody's making money off of it now, so now it, it's less cool for me. But whatever. We need uh, to start drinking. I don't even what, care. what can we start uh, drinking now? No, I'm going to keep drinking it because I like the beer. Like that's what yeah. it was always yeah. about for me. It that's wasn't, fair. it wasn't about making money. Like the, the, that whole thing started by, there was a picture posted of me at a campfire or whatever. And I was drinking a bush light and all these people started, 
you know, hell yeah. And then you had the yeah. beer snobs doing their thing. Well, and it's annoying because those pe- those people are not real. They're fake bush light drinkers. <laughs> it's like the douche country thing. Exactly. They want to act like they're cool. And it's like they're the people that they walk in. They're like the hipsters. They're bush light hipster drinkers. Yeah. They walk in with their bush light and they're like, look at me, buddy. Like, we I've should, got a bush light too. When we get down to San Antonio, let's just drink Lone Star the whole time to, to boycott it. What's Lone Star? That's like the Texas's version of bush light. It's like their cheap domestic beer. I don't really like it, but why would we drink it if we don't like it? Because you're in Texas. I, I'm. I don't want to go off. I think on we this. should just drink I want to talk about the game. Oh, okay. But the the you're not the first person to point out the hypocrisy <laughs> of the bushlight thing. Okay, I just want over to make the last that clear. few weeks. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to. But you got to realize if I say something, then it makes me look petty. Well, no, we're not petty. We're just. It's just. Uh, I think we're calling a spade a spade. <laughs> I was cease and desist. Oftentimes they, they will do things. They'll shun things until it can make money. And then yeah, not Iowa state, just big corporations in general, whatever. C- cease and desist. Oh, no, but the, the matchup. So Leach was on the, on fanatics earlier this week can, with me. I will say when, when you guys finished, I walked in, in the middle of you guys doing that interview, when you got done, this is supposed to be family friendly. When you got done with the interview, yeah. it looked like you had just eaten Thanksgiving dinner yeah. and you were leaned back and you're just like, oh. <sighs> was it as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> it was real and it was spectacular. Um, he was awesome. Uh, it was a really neat 30 minutes because we got to talk with him off the air for a while and and it, it was pretty cool that night. He texted me and thanked me, and like it, it was really kind of kind of a neat deal. So I've looked up to him. The thing is, and you guys have to read the column. I look up to the guy more than just a football thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it kind of goes deep with me with why I have an affinity for Mike Leach. So, are you guys going to become close personal friends now? I mean, that's the hope. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's the hope here. It'll, it'll one one bull trip. You meet the guy who. Used to rep Jerry. Jerry the King Waller, and the next you meet Mike Leach, and you just like you continue to just make lifelong friends. What's out next of, so. year? Sugar Bowl. What I happens to say well, when we go to the Sugar Bowl? <laughs> are you gonna? You're probably gonna be friend, become friends with Drew Brees. No, I hate the Saints. <laughs> I absolutely despise the Saints. That'll never happen. Just, Anthony Davison. I absolutely. That'd be fine. I'm a free agent in the basketball world, so that that'd be fine. Well, apparently you'd me you and me would be the. Fans of the same team the, since you the, always try and say that. Timberwolves are making a hard push at me. They've offered me front row tickets and then a bunch of different perks. They're trying You to, can't become a fan because of that. They're That's trying trash. To, they're trying to buy me. They're well can't buy my fandom. They have a front they have a they're the clubhouse leader because of the Iowa Wolves mm-hmm. and they're big sponsors of my radio show. And, you know, they're affiliates right here in Des Moines. And I'm a Vikings fan, so it's very natural. But I also fear jumping into another perennial loser where I just know like it's going to be heartache for the next 40 years. But we, but we both know when Tibbs gets fired in the off season and Fred's they, and they hire back. Fred, see if Fred, then all of a sudden you're back in and it's like, now nah, I'm back with Fred. If Fred is their next head coach, then it's an easy decision. But then what happens if it doesn't work out again? And then you you're well, a free agent again. But why can't I, fi- why can't I follow a coach? Like many people do players who does that? So why can't I? Okay, so then if Fred gets fired in Minnesota and doesn't ever get another job, are you just never going to find another team? I'll be a free agent again. I feel like in in general, you you don't pick a team. A team picks you. Like yeah. Something happens and it, it's you organically become a fan. I don't know 
you know, along the way. That's how I became a Vikings fan. Herschel Walker got traded. He was my favorite player and I stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulls was super easy because they were always they were the only team in the NBA that was always on TV because of WGN and they were the best when I was a kid. Super easy to be a Bulls fan. Braves, a similar scenario, although I have so many relatives from the Atlanta area. Like I was basically born a Braves fan. My mom was a Braves fan and they were on TBS. Correct. Correct. So now like I, I'm I'm passionately rooting against the Bulls every night, which is weird. I watched him draft all these guys. I'm like a Zach Levine fan. And I'm sitting there rooting for them to get destroyed every time out. And it's the the vitriol I have for John Paxson and Gar Foreman is unlike anything I've experienced in sports. Okay. Fair enough. So like I do, I think I'm done. Like, I think I'm out, man. I, it's hard. Have I told you about the Philadelphia 76ers? Yes. Okay. We haven't talked about anything that we plan on talking about. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm not. We we can talk about the bowl game. I am not going to root for the 76ers because that'd be too easy. They're a team on the rise. They're in Phil. Like, it's just, it it will come down for me. These will be the franchises that I choose from. We'll keep the bulls in there because they've got 35 years. Yeah. Um, the OKC Thunder, because they've always been my second favorite team, and I love Russ, mm-hmm. and I hate Kevin Durant. Um, three, the Denver Nuggets, because they're Midwest. Monte's there. Really fun team to watch. And I, I find There's myself... An article on Sports Illustrated this week about Monte. Really? Okay. Well, I watch them all the time now, because I'm watching Monte, and I've just kind of become a fan of their, yeah. of their franchise. Play fun basketball, um, too. The Minnesota Timberwolves, and then... Outside looking in, and it's not going to happen, is the Utah Jazz. That's strictly because mm-hmm. of Naz and George. And at their level, they may not be there next year. And I don't want to be stuck being a fan of Utah. Yeah. So I'm going to continue to root for those guys, but I've eliminated them from consideration. So that's it? We'll see what happens. That's the five? I, yeah, I'm not going to like go on the limb and like pick an NBA team, but I will. Like, it'll happen. We need to make point. a video where you like put on a hat. And you oh, have like a, have a ceremony. We should, man. That's a great idea. Okay, back to the Alamo Bowl. Iowa State's defense. Matt Campbell told us earlier this week that they are. Well, he said that he thought the team would be a hundred percent. Yeah, his quote. Correct. Mm-hmm. Do we trust Iowa State's defense after the last fourth of the year? Even if if we know it's going to be healthy, you have a bright offensive mind in Mike Leach. Do we trust a healthy Iowa State defense or has this thing been um, figured out? I trust it. I tend to I tend to lean with you. I think that the guys that they were missing were and were that weren't fully healthy at the end of the year were big enough losses that when you get those guys back, it should. I think that I'm not saying that you're going to go back to that same level, but you give John Haycock three weeks, get his, all of his toys back. Yeah. I feel pretty good about that situation. Have you heard anything about Spears? No. Okay. He said yes. He told us on Wednesday that the team is as healthy as they've ever been this season, which who knows if he's being honest with us or not, because he's not always the most honest when it comes to injuries, but he's a coach. What he told us. That's the only one I was, because I thought that Awazarike would be back. DeAndre Payne's back. Daytron Young's back. My question was with Spears because I don't feel like anybody really asked about him. The only thing I will say about 
Marcel, as good as as many great plays as Marcel has made in his two years on the field, I think that that's the one that they could probably replace the easiest. Okay. You know what, what I'm saying? Slide in like Hummel or yeah, Hummel or whoever. Yeah. Even Northrop and yeah, like you can. I would say that'd probably be Hummel, but. Uh, well, I'm saying they could piece it around. Yeah, yeah, they would be able to make it work. I think that they'd be able to make that work more easily than they could make, you know, losing DeAndre. Or yeah, I just think it's losing I, any. I think that's the fascinating part of this matchup is elite, those linebackers have an important job. Yeah, elite defensive mind. Um, assuming Awazarike is healthy, elite defensive line, elite corners. Versus elite quarterback, mm-hmm. elite offensive mind. It's a really good matchup in that sense. And yeah. Iowa State's defense was getting shredded by a non-scholarship team the last time we saw it. So I, I think it's fair for fans heading down to San Antonio. And it's not just the Drake game. Like Iowa State's defense has not looked good for a while. Man, really. can we just forget about that Drake game? Yeah, I know. I I don't I, I don't I, know I put, how much stock you can put in. But that. I put more stock into like Kansas State in the first three okay, quarters. Okay, that's fair. You know, the last fourth of the season, the defense hasn't been right. But that's when they were hit, getting hit by the injuries. Those games, I think you can put a lot of stock into that Drake game. I wrote it after the game was the biggest waste of time yeah, it was. of anything that we've ever it was a, had it was, to it was deal with total, since I've been covering this. It team. was a total joke. Yeah, it was and a I, joke. But Iowa State was lucky to get out of there. That's fine. They did. Um, but I, I, the one thing that this defense has struggled with are patient offenses. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why every year. Well, that's what. Yeah. I mean, the defense is designed to stop the people like Oklahoma. It's Correct. not designed to stop the patient offenses. And, and I believe Leach's air raid is a fairly patient offense. It is, yeah. They're not – this is not Cliff Kingsbury running the air raid. Right. They they take a lot more shots. But let's not Leach pretend that and, this team has a bunch of elite athletes. No, they don't. They're – I actually think Iowa State has more talent I do. one through 85 in the scholarship. Here. I do too. I, I do – I, I think Leach is a lot more difficult to scheme against than, say, Dana Holgerson or Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. It, that's my whole point. Even Mike Gundy. Yeah. Leach isn't going to take a lot of risks. He'll take five yards here, four yards here. That's He's the godfather of it, you know? Um, the question will be, and the game really comes down to that three-man front. Well, and the other thing is, too, I think that the other team in that state might have the book on that. I think you're on right. Them. <clears throat> and that and game I know was that that, I know that game was weird because yeah. of the snow yeah. and all that different kind of stuff. But their defensive coordinator went in there after the game and flat said. Oh, he killed him. He flat said, they've done the same thing yeah. forever. Yeah. And you would think that eventually someone might change, and they've never changed. So, to me – if I'm a coach, if I'm John Haycock, I'm looking at that offense and I'm looking at everything and it's like, man, these guys really don't deviate from anything. Do you understand the dynamics of that? What do you mean? Why that coordinator would do that? His leech just fired everybody up in that state. Dude, I, from, from everything I've heard, it is about exactly the same way that it is here. Okay, so there. Washington State fans just despise. Yeah. Washington, Washington thinks that they're so much better. They're yeah. arrogant. They live in the big city. So this is Brian Ferentz going after yeah. Matt Campbell, basically. Right. On KXNO. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I think that it's where it, it I think that's almost exactly what it is. You know? Yeah. Jimmy Lake is a much 
more highly thought of yeah guy you, you know than I, brian ferentz is you but know yes yeah no that but yeah it's exactly like that it it's the exact same dynamic where there's one school in that state that gets a lot more credit than I, the other one does i i would reject that only not what i would reject it lake statements only in the sense that if if that were true they don't have enough talent in pullman to mm-hmm. go 10 and 2 well that's fair yeah. right Do yeah. you, you, i know it's in the pac 12 and the pac 12 sucks but they're not running four and five star dudes out there. Did you read the uh, the article? I think it was Dan Wetzel wrote about the Pac-12. Yeah, I did. All the recruiting stuff. Yeah, one, one, co- one top 20, 50 guy. I think that that might have ended up changing because USC, I think, got one or two on signing day. Uh, but yeah, just the one kid that ended up going to Oregon, the five-star defensive end from California. There was only like two of the... Two of the top five kids in California were playing in the Pac-12. How crazy is that to think about? That is. That's why they. That's why USC needed to get rid of Clay Helton. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. that that can't happen. Chip Kelly's not even out trying to get anybody. He's getting like three-star dudes, not trying to get the top name guys. I would think that with his defensive backs coach, why are they not out there pulling the best in the? In the country. Why do you got to take a shot at Paul Rhodes? I'm just saying they got the best defensive backs coach Paul in the Rhodes. country. I just said he's the best defensive backs uh, coach yeah, in the country. Yeah, but you said it with a tone. Why do you have to go down that route? You know what Paul Rhodes' last class was ranked in Iowa State? It was not good. It's like the writing was on the wall, and everybody seventieth. Like yeah, everybody knew he was a lame duck at that point. Yeah, and that gets to be really tough. I always, I do wonder. I always give Rhodes the benefit of doubt with this. Had Big 12 Armageddon, not certain because their recruiting was decent before then. And that, and I've talked to other coaches at Iowa State, and I know how hard recruiting was across the board because they didn't they didn't know if they were going to be in the Big East, the MAC, the the you know. Mm-hmm. And they never really recovered from that. I'm not making an. Ex- I'm just saying on the recruiting trail. Yeah, I don't know. I think that <clears throat> I think that they the, were going to have problems regardless. But man, the guys. It's crazy just to think about the guys that were in those last couple of Rhodes classes. I mean, some of the Juco dudes that never even made it, like that kind of stuff. And then look at the, just look at the kids that Iowa State brings in now. Like, watch the videos that they put on Instagram on signing day. And the, just the kids, the guys that you can tell. I mean, all of them seem like they're, like, not only good football players, but like legit people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And could we say that about all the people that Iowa State was bringing in no. at that time? The one thing that I've, with, with my time here, I, the one trend that you often see is usually the longer a coach is there, the more sketch the guys become. Yeah. McCarney had the but same deal. But I think deal. that's because they eventually get to the point where they have to it's reach. desperate. Yeah. yeah, it's desperation. Mac had the same deal. Yeah. Um, go back and look at Carper's class. Like, it's crazy. That's the class that killed him. Um, because only like a third of those guys made it. Yeah. And they they got to, then Max started reaching. You can generally tell once they start reaching for JUCOs, like in an extensive number, when you're getting close to like double digit JUCOs, that's, that's usually when the writing's on the wall. Right. Well, and, it's, it's nothing against guys like DeMond Tucker because DeMond had, a, no, good, he was had a really good career at Iowa State. But then State. he barely played under Campbell. It was yeah. weird. He got hurt some. Yeah. He, I mean, he wasn't really. When he was out of shape, I think. I think there's. God, do you remember him against Iowa? 
Oh, he, was, he, he got killed hurt it, that dude. game. Yeah. I swear to God, Iowa State would win that game right. if DeMond didn't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that there were obviously some guys that they hit on. And, I mean, think about Hakeem. Like, who could have ever seen him being as good as what he's been? Like, I, I will give Paul credit. You, did you read the blog that I wrote when he committed? No. What did you say? I didn't say that he would be this, but I, I, re, I tweeted it out like a month ago. Okay. I went back and found what I initially wrote. I'm not right on much, but I nailed it on Hakeem. <laughs> he was like my sleeper of the class. And I oh, said, yeah. From your signing, signing yeah. day awards. Where are the signing yeah. day awards this year? Well, I do that in February. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I, I don't have time to do that right now. I will do that in February. But um, yeah, I'm mean, just like 6'6", six, six, or like, mm -hmm. look at his bloodlines. He's, he's only played football for two years. Like, the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah. Elite athlete. I wonder what you wrote about David Montgomery. We'd have to go back and look. Yeah, we, we should. I always like going back and reading those because some of them are like, oh, that's pretty good. And some of them are so wrong. Yeah. One of the guys on the floor. Well, forums, next year, we're going into the, will be the, the last year for Campbell's first class. Yep. Most, I mean, some of those guys. Um, last year, one of the guys on the forum went back and graded all my <laughs> awards. <laughs> but I, I can't I, even imagine some of the names that I get thrown in, in those ones. Jared, I've been writing that column since 2004. Yeah. I wrote so that 15 years. I, I wrote that column. The Man, first, next year will be the 15th edition. The first time I wrote that column was for CycloneNation.com with Scout. And then I wrote it, I think there for two, three years. And then I wrote it for the Ames Tribune for a few years. And then it got tossed around to rivals for a couple of years. And then it's been at Cyclone Fanatic ever since. I'm like the clone media village bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, in, when you're in the city and they've got those places where you can like put your credit card in and get a bike. Yeah, that's me. I don't think I'm going anywhere now. I'm there. I say firmly entrenched at Cyclone. Oh Fanatic. my gosh. My I will either die here or get out of journalism because <laughs> I've set every bridge on fire on the way. Oh, man. Uh, okay. What a world. I think we're probably about done. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to be checking in from San Antonio. Our Cyclone Fanatic charter leaves on, on the 26th. There's two flights. There's a morning one and then there's a early evening one. And then... Um, Keep an eye out for the Cyclone Fanatic Twitter and Instagram. And so the, the way we're divvying this thing up, Jared and Rob are going to be doing a lot of the content and the social and all that stuff. And I'm going to be in charge of the, the patrons um, on, our, on our charter and all that stuff. But we'll, we're going to have a lot of stuff from San Antonio throughout the week. And um, our goal is to, for, for those of you listening, um, driving down, give you guys some entertainment. And for those of you who can't make it, we want to be able to share the experience with you. I do want to take some time here to promote that we will have a game watch at Barntown Brewing. For those of you who are not in San Antonio, former Cyclone and our Jeff Woody will be hosting that game watch at Barntown Brewing on the night of the Alamo Bowl. So stay tuned for specials and whatnot. But if you want to watch the game with other Cyclone fans, Barntown Brewing uh, will be your spot. Phenomenal food there. And you can try Transfer Brew, the new um, Cyclone Fanatic beer that is at Barntown Brewing. All right, for Jared Stansberry, I'm Chris Williams. Have a very Merry Christmas with your families. This is probably the last podcast we will drop um, until the 26th 
in the afternoon or evening when we get to San Antonio. So thanks for listening. If you're driving, be careful and uh, happy holidays. Uh, give, give our best to your families.